Hello, everyone, and welcome out to The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky, a podcast where I sit down with some of my friends in the local Columbus, Ohio theater, film an improv scene, and talk a bunch of geeky stuff. Some of it good, some of it bad, but all of it definitely geeky. If you enjoy our programs, be sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and to leave a review, or subscribe and leave a review wherever you can get podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from our lovely backers on Kickstarter. Like Casey May, for example. Casey is one of my favorite dudes ever. He's been on a few episodes of the podcast, actually, and uh, he... He's such a great guy, and he's such a he's such a nerd. Um, he's also one of those people that I've seen grow and become a better human being, and it's such a it's such a great thing to witness. And I just mean like he's he's getting more together, getting himself more together, getting more organized, which to me is an adult. Um, and here's the thing: I'm almost forty, and I'm not really there yet. So it's always good to see someone who's like you know going up a notch in, in the in the evolution scale, evolutionary scale. So, Casey, thank you so much for backing us on Kickstarter. It means the world to me. And uh, thank you. Our official sponsor of the show is Audible. With over 200,000 titles to choose from, get one audiobook and two Audible originals each month included with your trial, even once your trial ends and normal membership begins. How rad is that? Best part is you own your library, meaning you keep the books even if you cancel with Audible. Plus, you get easy exchanges. So, don't love a book? Swap it out for free anytime. Sign up for your free trial over at audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky. Download the Audible app and start enjoying your new audiobook. We're also part of the It's All Been Done Presents Network, a Columbus, Ohio-based multi-platform creative network. Let us entertain you. We're also voted uh, one of Columbus's top picks for 2017 and 2018. And uh, we have tons of podcasts, written works, reviews, videos, and more. For more information, go to iebdpresents.com. In this episode, I am here with Diantha Hillenbrand, and we sit down and talk about the movie Late Night on this episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky. A word of warning, though, that there will be spoilers aplenty, not just on this, but just about well, anything we may talk about. So, listeners, beware. Is there anything you want to say about Late Night? Join in our conversation by interacting with us via social media or email, Twitter and Instagram, username GoodBadGeeky, Facebook URL is facebook.com forward slash GoodBadGeeky, or email me at you know it, GoodBadGeeky at gmail.com. We may read your comment on the show at a future date. Okay, enough said on my end. Will, roll them. Did you watch the movie? I did. Okay. What did you think, just quick hits of the movie? Like a too long didn't read or couldn't hear, what would you... Okay. Actually, I have something for that. Oh, yay. (laughs) So, before coming into the movie... Yes. And I'm going to make this little preemptive speech very very short before I get to the point. I was very excited to see it because Emma Thompson was in it, Mm -hmm. for one. And I went into it not knowing anything. And And I'll tell you what, I was afraid of three things. Okay. That I didn't want to happen because I love Emma Thompson and I didn't want her tarnished by it. <laughs> I didn't want to see a general politically driven film. 
I didn't want to see a film that was specifically about feminism, and I didn't want to see a movie where she's just a lesser awesome version of what's-her-face Meryl Streep from Devil Wears Prada. Do you know what I'm talking about? That same yeah. kind of hard boss lady kind of character. Yeah, and it ends up having a heart of gold for the, just the right person. Yes, and it was none of those things. Now, there were themes that were similar, but what the impression I got from... It, it's a movie that takes place in modern times, so all those all the social justice stuff is... It, you know, it exists, but yeah. the point is, is that it's all kind of unimportant, and you kind of get the sense from everybody, even even her, like even in the jokes, they, they, they just don't whatever, just write them and make them clever. People love it, but that's not what was important about it. it was act- yeah. and I liked that, that wasn't the focus. In fact, that was. It well, was just. It was a mildly a subplot, though, yeah. at least from her perspective, mm-hmm. just because, like, and I'm just saying that. Being that there have been one or two women's restrooms that are very nice that I've been to in my <laughs> life, and I've been to a few bathrooms because everyone has to go to the bathroom. It's just a natural thing. Yeah. There are times where, if the, especially if there's only like one stall or whatever for everything, pee and, and twosies, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, have to, you have to go to another place. And, oh, look, there's nobody here. It's a big building, and the women's restroom's available. And you go in, there's like a fucking chair. Yeah. And there's like nice smelling things in the air. And it's like, why can't the guys have some nice smelling shit? Because they don't hang out in the bathroom. A lot of women, apparently, I don't, I mean, this, <laughs> I learned this recently that women. <laughs> you hang out in the bathroom? Yeah, that women hang out in the bathroom. And I, I learned that women hang out in the bathroom because of the movie Booksmart. <laughs> oh, re- that's the movie you learned that from? Yeah. That's so I was like, women hang out in the bathroom? That makes sense why there's like chairs. Why, you know, because they do apparently. Well, okay. So, <laughs> so growing up, I just remember that was always a thing if it was like a rom-com and there was a date and then they, get, they didn't want to be there on the date. It was a double date though or something. Like it wasn't going well for someone. It's like... If you excuse me, I gotta go to the bathroom. And she's like, "Oh, I'll join you," and then they can go talk mm-hmm. about. So, like, I always knew that was a, a trope for me. <laughs> That's why I'm just like, really, Booksmart was the one. <laughs> which, yeah. which, by the way, Booksmart is an amazing. Movie. Uh, it was literally is my favorite movie in the last five years. <laughs> I that, absolutely adore Booksmart. I, I, I really just wish I had the the song edit. Uh, that they, I know the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not off the top of my head, but like I have a playlist where I can search and find it. I'm pretty sure it's on Spotify, actually, and um, I know what song you're talking about. It's the, and from I can't... the opening of the movie, yeah, it's um, I think it's Lilzu or something like that. I don't but it's know like the boys, name. I, but I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. And yeah, and it's edited in a certain way where it cuts out most of her singing, mm-hmm. but it's just focusing on that awesome beat. And I think she says like, mm, da 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 da. Are we going to school like this? Nope. <laughs> All right, cool. I was just asking. You know, that <laughs> it was, and then they cut the music out, so they're just dancing like like idiots. So it's just they're not. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. They could be making themselves look really bad, but they don't care, and that's amazing. It it, it because was. I would fucking care. It was an amazing experience because essentially the friendship between the two main girls I had in college with a girl named June, oh, and nice. in fact Molly. It was Molly, right? Molly looks exactly like June. And I was freaking the hell out in the theater. And I was like texting her theater, going, are you watching this movie? Blah, 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 blah. But, um, well, and they also subvert some of the jokes in that movie, too. Like when yeah. they're in the car with Jason Sudeikis, you're like, <laughs> don't plug it in. Porn's going to play. And then it doesn't play. And you're like, oh, okay. Okay, well, that's... And then it still happens, though. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's like... And, and he's just like... <laughs> uh, I for, what does he say? He's just like... Must be some kind of new club music. Yeah. 
Like, and the thing is, is you don't know if he's fucking sincere or not because he is an adult, and adults aren't always clued into what's going on. Yeah, Booksmart was great, uh, but. Late night, though, it, it does tackle a little bit of, like, the whole guys going in the women's bathroom thing. Because yeah. that's what started this whole little tangent. Yes. Uh, like, like, but but that is sad, though, because, like, even if she wanted to cry and be alone, she couldn't be alone. Because, was it number two has to go take a shit? Oh, that scene bothered me so much. And I knew, like, not because I thought it was a bad scene. I mean, like, it just... Well, no, you feel for it. Yeah. And, and, and what's also... But I will say this, though, too, is that... The one lead uh, was it number seven? I see. I can't remember the character's name, but With I seven. remember the numbers. So. Though, is so that so hel- weird? It was so helpful, actually. And I was just kind of like, this, this is supposed to sound like a bad thing, but now I remember who everybody is. Yeah, I think the big fat guy was either one or two, yep. and he's the one. He's like, I'm, I'm so sorry, but I, I got to get through. And yes. she's just like, Jesus, Jesus, really? <laughs> and so he's like, Yes. Yeah, oh, and then who was the asshole who ended up sleeping with both of them? Was he number six? Hugh Dancy. Hugh Dancy, yeah, he... Number six, yeah. Num- yeah, number six. His character was sucky because he was he came off as the, oh, I'm your friend in the room. Mm-hmm. I'm going to help you through this. It'll be fine. But it's like, no, he's he's just uh, he's a dick. You know what's really sad is because I've fallen for guys like that before. Mm-hmm. And immediately when he just was... It, like, the whole pack was just not accepting her. And he immediately he's the friend guy and immediately asking her out, my back went up. And I chided myself going, no, just like, that's horrible that that would be that I immediately assume that of him. I'm like, he's a, he's being nice. And then it happened. And I'm like, great. Well, so I was worried <laughs> that she was going to fall in love with the jerky guy. Yeah. Number seven, mm-hmm. who was the head monologue writer or mm-hmm. the only monologue writer, as he would re- constantly remind everyone. It's yeah. like, yeah, well, that's true. You haven't fucking reminded any of us of that in the last five, ten minutes. Jesus. <laughs> and uh, and so. But it ends up being that he's the good friend. Yeah. Which, but granted, I mean, she did have to work to prove herself yeah. to him for that, which was nice. You know, well, it's not, it, it sucks that she had to do that, that he wasn't. But it was also, I'm trying to put in context how the story laid it out. Like, it didn't matter if it was a girl or a guy to me. If someone showed up and they had zero experience, but they got the job. I would be ticked. You'd be kind of ticked. And you would... I would hope I wouldn't be an asshole about like he was, but granted, Hollywood is is a different beast. So like, a politically correct conversation is go fuck yourself mm-hmm. to some people, and it's not personal; it's business kind of mentality. It's it's if you're not used to that, it's really fucking jarring. Yeah. And and but but I mean, he's not wrong in that like he or she, whoever you are, you didn't fucking work to get here. And she's like, well, it's better than fucking nepotism yeah. with your brother. And I'm glad the I'm glad the funnier person got hired, which I was like, yes, such a great fucking response. <laughs> and well, and also props for the producer guy. Yeah. Now, granted, I think he was in a bind, but like she genuinely made him laugh, and he's just like, you know what? I'll yeah, let's let's do this. Yeah. It, it didn't help though, for convenience' sake, that she was also yelling at him to just fucking hire somebody. But yeah. but no, but that was good. Like she did work her way up. She started writing material and helping help the show which was her, her, a her job mm-hmm. now also i do you feel bad for seth myers just a little bit because like he hired her like for realsies for for realsies yeah. and then she just because i because i was like well you have colbert show which which this is funny seth myers is the one that she had in the movie but the colbert uh stephen colbert show late show with stephen colbert 
Colbert. See, I'm stuck saying Colbert because that's not actually how you pronounce his name. It's Colbert or Colbert with the T. Oh, you really, really, you actually pronounce the T? Yeah, you do. He did that on the other show because it's not really him. It's a character he's playing. Okay. Where he's actually making fun of the conservatives, not act because he's just like, don't you just hate all those poor people? I know I sure do. Today on the Stephen Colbert <laughs> report, and you're just and he's just like, no, I I would never really I I hate that people think that way. Yeah. I am Stephen Colbert. But it's weird, so I always still call him... I don't even think I'm saying it right still, but you do pronounce the T, and I just know it's so weird, <laughs> because... Anyway, uh, I still still call him Stephen Colbert, because it just sounds nicer. It does. Uh, Colbert is... She actually... She talked about that on the show, when she was on to promote the movie. She's like, yeah, I thank you guys so much. You, I got to interview you. I got to interview every one of your writers. Aww. Like, she s- studied for, like, two weeks at the at that show, and I was like, where the fuck is the, where are those guys? And I don't know if maybe it was uh <laughs> but I was just like, aren't you mad that you're 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 well he's not his direct competition, but like the guy on the other network is there and I was <laughs> like, that feels weird to me. <laughs> uh but no, I, I felt kind of bad for Seth Myers because he 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 gave her a shot. He's like, You're really funny, I like your jokes. Please don't do that again. And you're hired. Because you know? <laughs> yeah. she started doing a typical movie character thing, guy or girl, where they just start rambling about like the horrible experience. Usually it's dating somebody. Yeah. Where it's like, I couldn't believe. And, and it's like they have the epiphany of like, oh my God, though. Like, they're a good person. And I love them. Oh my God. But this was, she's like, oh my God, I enjoyed working for her, even though she was a real pain in my ass. <laughs> and he's like, I hope you never talk about me that way. Oh, no, 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 no. I, well, well, good, because your joke's funny, you're hired. And you're just like, well, that's awkward. And then I thought, oh, maybe the happy ending here would be she comes, like, she asks Seth for, for can I go back and write this one last thing for her? Mm-hmm. And they have, like, a parting. Like, so she still goes off and does, and she does great things in Seth Meyers' room. But in that room, like, she begins the storm of change. Yeah. She still becomes friends with number seven. Yes. And, you know, and maybe that some kind of feeds into that. But, like, that's what I thought was going to end because I was like, this movie's kind of taken no prisoners with shit. Yeah. And I'm thinking, and then, but then he went for the super mega happy ending, which is where Seth Meyers got fucked over and then Emma Thompson, which she should have. Yeah. I Also, I don't know what, sorry, I had to get this out. John Lithgow did an amazing job. Mm-hmm. And I, ju- I just want to see all the things with John Lithgow. Yeah. Because he's so good. And he's, he's, he's so sweet. He is. Oh, and, and here's the thing. I thought it was very interesting. The turn they gave him was like where he meets her in the theater at the end. He's just like, when he forgives her, he's just like, you know, they always told me when I left my wife and my child for a younger British woman mm-hmm. that karma and then years pass. And you're just like, oh, that, okay. So okay it's a really it was a nice character turn that you didn't expect because you're just saying oh it's the old man with parkinson's and you feel instantly sad for him because she cheated on him and grant she feels really bad about it but he doesn't maybe know that yet all this other conflicting feelings and then and then he's he busts that out and you're like oh well you're kind of a dick too (laughs) yay forget (laughs) this together well in other words and just like he said you know you the ratio was that yes. you, you're one, you know, you're one not so great 
moment and then the rest of the million other beautiful, beautiful moments, moments outweigh that the ratio is yeah. yeah it doesn't cancel them out see i i but i i thought that was very the only problem though is that in that case though i think that comment is well deserved because you could see some asshole guy busting that one out yeah and you're just like yeah no you don't fucking mean that but like no he genuinely does and she genuinely i she genuinely did feel feel bad about it. you could tell which was interesting because usually that character in movies like this like in devil was proud doesn't show any weakness yep I, even like towards the end of the movie she doesn't really show weakness. As a matter of fact she gets even angrier yeah or madder or he does depending mm-hmm. on if it's a guy or a girl all right so no, yeah, and Mindy Kaling did a wonderful job. She did. She did really good, and she wrote it too. I saw that. Right? Wasn't that like? Yeah, that's so cool. Which is because she wrote on The Office. Yep. And oh, did you catch? Did you ever watch Doogie Howser when you were little? No. Okay. Well, then this this fucking means nothing to you. <laughs> but Vinny, his best friend, was the guy she shared an office with. All right. Who? And this is true, by the way. I know one or two writers. And they've talked about like unless until they became showrunner, and even then they didn't pack stuff up in their office or pack stuff out of their boxes to put up, mm-hmm. um, unless it was like a picture frame, a real quick picture frame, and like maybe one or two things. Because the moment they do, the show gets canceled, ah. or they get fired. It's a number of things. Well, it's technically the same thing, but like they could get fired before the show gets canceled, and it's a, it's a bummer. And so I was just like, there are people that have been in shows for like years. Like, and they're good. Like, you know, for example, NCIS is going to go for another 10 years, probably, sadly. Um, <laughs> but, but you know that that one guy who's been on the show the whole time, yep. he's not, he might not be unpacking his stuff because he's like, I could get fired or the show could get canceled. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it. It's just a weird thing I have. And you're just like, damn, that's, yeah, there's some real truth, truth bombs that are in there with like little personality types and yeah. all that. Speaking of truth bombs and just, <laughs> Tell me more. Tell me more. Okay. Well, I I appreciated that a lot of the times the movie was uncomfortable because, and I mean that in a, a good, good way. way. Yes. Um, because they would they would have a certain uncomfortable conversation, or there would be an uncomfortable interchange, and the way people talked, a lot. Some of the dialogue sounded like just really weird, awkward ways that people actually talk to each other, as opposed yes. to it being perfectly written. There were a couple of there were a couple of dialogue interchanges that was like that seems more realistic to it seemed very less cinematic and more just like okay I'm just watching people talk at the moment but that's and I I love that mm-hmm. and because look I also at the same time it's like when you watch Aaron Sorkin <laughs> you know that's or Kevin Smith yeah they're very different spectrums but you know in both of those types of programs if they wrote it. <laughs> Someone's going to fucking monologue. Yep. <laughs> now, one's going to be about dick and shit jokes and comic book superheroes. The other one's going to be probably politically bent. Mm-hmm. But, and there's a cadence to both. Yes. Yeah. That's okay to watch sometimes, too. <laughs> but every once in a while, I would like to just see... I, I like when normal people... There's normal dialogue in conversations. Yeah. Like, I love that in movies. Yeah. And there was a couple of random shot And random, quote-unquote... <laughs> Um, <laughs> like shots that really didn't really do anything for the story, but were necessary just because it just was like, this is what they do. This is what, like, there was a, <laughs> there was a shot in the movie where they just focused in on the empty writer's room and on the table, they just did a full on close up of, of all the toys, of all the toys. And specifically, was it the lion mounting the elephant? Yeah. Yeah. 
like there was a lot of screen time for that there was <laughs> but i mean it was legit funny because but and so so but, but technically it did further the story yeah because if you didn't think that she didn't really know the writers mm-hmm. that scene said a lot because <laughs> she she seemed very surprised like, and just like jesus <laughs> I, I do not like these people yeah it, which is like you know in some in some cases if I had control of who I hired, I want to like the person. Yeah. And if not, you know, I would try not to work with them. Yeah. So it's the same thing here. So like, I, so that scene to me does have a little merit, <laughs> but like it, it does feel kind of out of place because everything else is very talked around. Right. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I also love too that they still, they kept her strong throughout the whole thing. Yes. She wasn't. Which was nice. And she, like a real person, would have her Emma Thompson's Catherine. Is that her name? Catherine, I think. She would go in and out of how people's mood just changes. Mm -hmm. Like, I like you, but you know what? I don't fucking care about you. You're fired. And you know what? I thought nothing of it. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, damn, that's harsh. And B, like a day or so ago, she absolutely adored her. Yep. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, not a day or so ago. Like, she was in her bungalow for, like, what, a, a week or two? So before the news broke. Yes. Yeah. Um, and also, she was the only person that that we know of checked on her, which, you know, fucking props for that. But sometimes you don't... That's what I'm saying. You don't see shit like that when you're in the moment that she's experiencing. Mm-hmm. Because that's the other thing, too. Politically, this is where it goes into what you were saying earlier. They do do the Me Too movement thing, but it's roles reverse where she's the proprietor of the sex act yeah causing it with one of the men that she hires on her show mm-hmm. who happens to be the jackass that sleeps with mindy's character mm-hmm. uh or number eight as she's also known as <laughs> <laughs> no like i really do go around the room and like yeah yeah those are those it, are the numbers wouldn't help because they sat in order all the time they had their they had their spots that, so well, i think they did that on i think okay <laughs> if you gave me a number <laughs> And then and then we had to go reconvene in the same room, and you're going to call me the number. I'm going to fucking sit in the same spot. And oh, if not, yeah. I will punch somebody. Yep. Uh, because <laughs> I'm getting paid a lot of money to have this lady yell at me. I want her to yell at me for one less thing. Yes. Um, yes. Well, and so that's another story arc, too, where she hasn't been in her writer's room or actually even seen her writers. Mm-hmm. Except for maybe the monologue guy, number seven, mm-hmm. for what, what they said it was about ten years eight years it's been something a, like it's that it's been a while yeah and that's their thing that mindy's number eight her character says is like no one's allowed on the floor it's like just me but i write monologue jokes that's the only reason why i'm allowed there and even then i have no say i have no input no nothing mm-hmm. and it's just like that to me is weird because knowing how some shows work like colbert and seth myers and all those guys sometimes they have writers on the floor so if they need to throw a joke in or something, or they can work with him in between commercial breaks sure. to punch up the jokes. But the fact that she doesn't have that, it's it's very telling of her character. Yeah. And it's also just like, Jesus, what kind of fucking place are we running here? <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, also, I love that they brought that thing back where he's like, here, let me get you a chair. Or she's like, I need a chair. I don't have. It's like, well, there's a there's a trash can right there. You can sit on. <laughs> and he meant it in the most loving way, yes, which was yes. that was, that was her roommate. And also, he kept something when she left. Yeah, oh, I thought that was, was really it sweet. It was very sweet. He was actually a really nice guy too. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also just like, which is true. I've heard this in other writers' rooms um, when uh, people have done interviews where it's like, you got to fucking write something, yep. especially SNL. Yeah, it's like there are. Ten cast members who are all writers that are trying to get their shit 
picked by Lauren Michaels so they can go out and be on camera. Yep. Because if not, you get fired. Yep. And now you also have a staff of 20 writers who are hired to help you write or just write. And so then you're, so there's a weird game of, I just remember Conan O'Brien and other people, John Lovis, they'd always talk about how, like Phil Hartman, he didn't have to write anything because he's Phil Hartman. He could do anything. (laughs) But like other people, like Lovitz or Rob uh, Schneider, or Ad, they had to like work really hard. David Spade had a lot of problems getting in. Mm. I, I've heard him do interviews on where it's because he can't get his script in. Oh dear! Um, and so, so I, he started taking off doing. Uh, was it the Weekend Update? He would do like the, oh, God, yeah. the Hollywood part where he would just rip everybody to shreds because that's who Dave. What's what? That's David Spade's humor in real life. Yeah, and it. It got popular, and he also created a lot of enemies. But, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you had to work to do that. And if not, like, you get fired or it, you just feel horrible and you quit. Like, mm-hmm. Ben Stiller couldn't get anything on. He wasn't liking the process. And he's like, I can't can't do this. So, of course, the answer is, which was really great, was, yeah, you need to write something. Yep. That will make people realize what the hell you're doing. And if you're, and please don't cry. It makes me feel weird. <laughs> really, it's see a, that's that's a real reaction. It, it kind of is. Yeah, well, it, it depends too. Like in his case, it's like I don't really. It's in my opinion on that would be I don't know you that well. Yep. I don't know how to handle this right now. Yep. Now, if he's a typical New York guy trope, which he probably is in some level. Which is, you know, ooh, women crying, ooh, don't talk to me about feminine stuff, which all the guys in that room kind of did that for the sake of a joke, kind of, and a story point. It's just like, ooh. But, um, no, I I really enjoyed Late Night. I actually have no bad thing, really, to say about that movie. Yeah. Like, like, again, I I thought it was going well. Like, I was waiting for something to happen in this movie that made me just not like it. Yeah, same. Or just, like, something for me to nitpick. And I really, I really can't. Nitpick. Matter of fact, everything. It's one of the reasons why I allow, allowed us to talk about other stuff because I was like, I don't think I have anything bad to say about this <laughs> yeah, movie sure. whatsoever at all because it's le- a legit good movie. It was actually kind of refreshing to see just a you know, it was just a story about people doing this and mm-hmm. this is what it is and and these are human beings having a human thing and that sounds blah, but but there's so many movies with CGI and oh, you know look, superhero and I, I'm a I big love it. and I'm. A big fan, but I'm like, yeah. You're just like, I can just sit and just. It's like you know, I just. It's like watching a play. Like you just sit and you're just watching a uh, just a story, right? Which is nice. Now I like Hollywood stuff, so mm-hmm. for me it was also like extra. To me, it was like extra geekery going on. Sure, for me. yeah. But because I'm also just like, which one is some of the writers from The Office? <laughs> because I forget it was in the same interview. She's like. Yeah, I would say maybe one or two characters are based after some people in the office, but they were actually very nice to me. This mm-hmm. is not what it was in the movie, and I don't want to get that opinion out there. Yeah. And I'm just like, could Michael Schur, who does The Good Place and Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Parks and Rec, he was one of the writers she's mentioning, and then um, the guy who played Ryan, I can't think of his name right now, um, he was, him and her both were kind of the head writers at one point, or mm-hmm. like doing some heavy writing on the show, which is one of the reasons why they were there. <laughs> They needed extra people, and they were writers on the show. Matter of fact, I think that was something that someone told her on the show. Is like, you need to write something for The Office to get it. Because if not, you're just watching us talk and whatever and fight or whatever. Anyway, 
Yeah, that's. I literally have nothing else to say about the, the late night. It's a wonderful movie. I hope yeah. people see it. Yeah, yeah, because you know what? I like Godzilla and the Avengers and Toy Story, in Men in Black, whatever the fuck they are. But this was a very refreshing, like a nice little break to, yeah, you know. And I have not seen John Wick three yet. At the time oh, was me, recording. yeah, me neither. And I am just. Have you seen two? I I love John Wick. I've seen one and two. I adore John Wick. Is I it adore... just because he got mad and killed someone because they killed his puppy? That well, oh well. I mean, that's <laughs> okay, and it's that's the base <laughs> yeah. level for people who've never seen it. That's it's really much more. It's a lot more complicated, complicated than that. It's just it's a fun thing to <laughs> to joke about because it, it, it's it is. because it's. That was that was the butterfly effect. That was the thing that pretty much toppled everything that was boiling over. And, right. Well, um, his wife, who died of cancer or some disease, yeah. gave that to him. And he gave up everything for her. Yep. And her thing was like, you need this dog more than me, mm-hmm. uh, or than more than you sulking or whatever. Like, this dog will love you or whatever just as much as me. It's like, imagine this dog is me, and then the dog gets killed. And you're just like... Oh, you killed his wife in dog form? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like Alfie from fucking Game of Thrones, buddy. You need to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Or I, I just like the part, too, that, that he was, uh, his dad was just like, I should just let you fucking die. I should just tell John where you're at mm-hmm. and let him kill you. But he's not going to stop there. Yep. And then it, then it became a thing. He's like, no, he's my son. But, uh, but they... So they but they fixed that in the second one. The one dude who always plays the weird uh, Russian like bad guy in every like Fargo, and he played one of the nihilists in The Big Lebowski. He was in the beginning of John Wick where he beats the shit out of the guy because they stole his car from the chop oh, shop. Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, and, and and remember that's that's the bad guy from the first the not the son the father of mm-hmm. uh, that mob boss. It's his brother. Son of a bitch. And that's why he's kind of when he's like. Why do you have my car? <laughs> and, and that's why he's like, that's why he's nervous because he's like, my rest of my family's fucking dead. Uh, are we cool? We're cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they drink the, whoa. <laughs> uh, yeah. By the way, it's a great time to be a, a Keanu Reeves fan, by the way. Oh, yeah. Toy Story 4, he plays, was it something Kaboom? Oh, speaking of Toy Story. Oh, yes. What? (laughs) I saw this great thing on the internet the other day where it was showing the evolution of Toy Story films. Yes. And it, like, the first one was, you know, Toy Story the first. It was, um, toys having fun being self aware kind of thing. Like, like, it's just a, you know, and then Toy Story 2 realizes their own inner mortality and emotions. And then Toy Story 3, just like, let's think about death. Yeah. Think about death. And then they said Toy Story 4 start, they realize that their existence is manic and that they start going crazy. Like there's like the picture of the fork guy. Oh, Sporky. Sporky. Forky. Something like Sporky. I think it's Sporky because he's a spork. There was kind of like a horrifying tinge to it. And then they said that Toy Story 5 would be Woody ascending to heaven to go kill God or something. (laughs) Like, it just, it was like, that escalated quickly. I've supposedly (laughs) heard that this movie is the end of Woody. Like, Woody is off the franchise after this. And I don't know if that means he dies or anything like that. I think, though, it's, it's like he's the lead character, kind of, that you followed in all the movies. Like... Buzz became the secondary character, mm-hmm. but it's always been about Woody mm-hmm. and his view on things. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm a little trepidatious because to me, three, I thought three was a great way to end the whole thing. 
I did kind of feel like it was a, a, a deuce machina. Am I saying that right? A deuce machina. Deuce. Uh, de, deus, deus. That's what I'm going to call it deuce, from now. It's called a deuce a machina. Deuce machina. It's where they take a giant shit in a movie <laughs> because things just happen. The fuck, Pixar? No, it made sense once you saw it, but like, because I just remember it's like when even Woody of all people, like Buzz looks to Woody like, what are we going to do to get out of this? And he's just like, let's just hold hands and Aww. go it down together. And you're just like the fuck is this (laughs) like and there's a part of me that really wishes they would have gone through with it because i was like well that's how that's how that's the end of the movie it is what it is like well toy story is (laughs) done or we go to a new new set of toys but abandonment that's what it was it was like toys having fun being toys toys. toy story 2 dealing with abandonment toy story 3 dealing with mortality toy story 4 dealing with psychosis or (laughs) Or it's acceptance of banality of being a toy uh well i think okay so i think uh half a year ago when we started season 13 up for gbg i think i made a, a declaration that i think bo peep is the bad guy and I don't think she is anymore, which I'm not going to lie, makes me kind of sad because I thought that would be really a, a neat turn. What a twist. Bo- what a twist. <laughs> is that Bo Peep? Well, there was in the first trailer they showed, they actually had clips from the movie and it wasn't made for the trailer. There was a scene where she's like, you know, you don't have to do this anymore, Woody. Like, no one, like, toys are on their own. And so I thought. Yes, there might be another bad guy, but she'll be the final unintentional antagonist where mm. and then she'll actually win, which is Woody and her will go off and she'll just he'll just be like fuck Bonnie. That's what I kind of think is going to happen. <laughs> but and here's the thing, if they still do that, I could still kind of be right, but like I thought like to the point where she would stop him like with force. Yeah. And not just take her her hook or her whatever, her staff her or crook. Her crook. Is that that's what they call it, right? The shepherd's crook. I'm not and they sure. and they loop him around the neck, and she pulls him close. And he's like, "You shouldn't go, Woody." <laughs> and then, like, um, then he just goes, just... "There's a snake in my boot." <laughs> 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 Sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, and then it just you know before you get the real reveal, it's just like a dun dun dun, and then the lightning goes, and you kind of see a silhouette <laughs> of Bo Peep's crook, and you're like, oh, "It cannot be!" <laughs> it's like, "No, it was you the whole time." <laughs> Thwarted again. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, uh, Spanish Buzz is doing a tango. Uh, (laughs) Flay, or she just goes crazy like Madeline Kahn. Flames off the side of my face. (laughs) That, oh my God, that is a great movie. Uh, I remember they showed that on HBO all the time. But when they showed it on HBO, they showed all three endings. Really? Yeah, like it, and that was kind of the joke. It's like, or it could have happened like this. I love. Well, did you hear about? when they actually showed Clue and they not everyone saw the same ending no. they would go into the theater and you know right how genius that is that is so cool <laughs> I, I think that is rad as fuck and I don't I don't know here's the thing man studios aren't gonna do that shit anymore <laughs> no like, which makes me it's sad bummed <sighs> Hollywood oh my gosh speaking of hating Hollywood and I know I'm behind on the times here because this is not really news but because we were talking about Trek earlier have you heard of the prelude of Axanar prelude to Axanar so there was a fan made I'm gonna get some details wrong I know it is it the Kickstarter thing no um oh maybe it was we maybe you'll you'll recognize what I'm saying and no (laughs) um there was these people that made a fan made movie 
Sure. Um, and it was really good quality. And it was kind of a documentary type, so it kind of made it feel like the Four Years War with the Klingons was real. Cause they ha- oh. And some really legit actors actually donated their time to do this little short film. Okay. And Paramount got involved and sued them because it was just too good, even though the people suing them in Paramount had no, hadn't really so. even ever seen Star Trek. And it's like, no, you're like, this is, you're ruining the whole spirit of why Star Trek was created in the first place. They, they made Star Trek without any, pretty much any funding because they knew it was for the love of the, the genre. And then yeah. Paramount just put a cut on it. And so, like, there's just outrage because everyone wants to see more parts of this prelude to Axanar. And okay, if it's what I'm thinking of, they went on Kickstarter and asked for money, mm-hmm. but they didn't. They don't own Star Trek, and that's what got them in trouble. Yes, because um, it was too. Yeah, it was too good. And and but th- there was some. Uh, there, was preced- some- there were some precedents made in this case because there were plenty of people making fan films. Fan films. It's just this one was too good and got attention. One and- of my favorite fan films ever is the Power Rangers one oh, with James holy Vanderbeek. Holy shit! Where I, I, I mean, <laughs> I, fuck. No, but they have a lot of fan films. Like, there's one guy in, because oh, we're from Ohio, there's one guy in Cleveland that he routinely does Doctor Who. 10th Doctor fan films. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Um, I forget what one of them is. I, I, if I look on Facebook, I could get his info, but I think there's the, he's, he has a guy and he always plays the 10th Doctor for him mm-hmm. and the accent isn't perfect, but like it's decent effects for a fan film. Like, but he's also a local filmmaker. So he's like learned to do like kind of like Robert Rodriguez where yeah. Robert Rodriguez though has Hollywood money. Um, but I would say if you would take the Hollywood money away, I think Robert Rodriguez could do the same thing, which mm-hmm. is like, I'm going to add some special effects <laughs> to my computer and whoop a doo that's, that's how Robert talks. But <laughs> no, the guy, I, I wish I knew, could remember his name. Yeah, Robert and I are pretty close. Yeah, are you? <laughs> I, I heard he likes to be called Robbie. <laughs> only, right? Or Ray Ray. Only on Tuesdays. <laughs> only on Tuesdays? Damn. <laughs> oh, it's Tuesday. Oh, see, see now it's hey, okay. Ray, hey, Ray, what's up, buddy? <laughs> Somewhere he's triggered. <laughs> Someone said my name. It must be Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> so late night, yeah, go see it. Yeah. Diantha, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Yeah, sure. Anytime. High five. Oh, wait, that, oh, that, was, that was bad. Yeah. yeah that had Go away! We're having a good time until you show up, cheapers! Go have some coffee with cream or something! Because I'll tell you something! This is a happy place!